Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 23, Emotional Intelligence, Harnessing Your Superpower. It's January 14th, 2021. I'm your host, Lisa Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskowitz. Emotional Intelligence, Harnessing Your Superpower. Now, this is a podcast about your emotions as a superpower, but it is distinctly different than my second podcast, which is Emotions as a Superpower. That podcast, if you haven't listened to it, I would suggest you go back and listen to it because it really introduces the concept and some background as to why emotions are without a doubt and without question, a superpower. And in this podcast, I'm going to walk you through more of the process of how you use your emotions as a superpower, because I think that would be extremely important in a a very real way. So this topic, emotional intelligence, is um, something that is extremely powerful that I talk about in the, in the, in the podcast emotions as a superpower. And unfortunately, according to a Gallup study, approximately 40%, 46% of the population is severely lacking in emotional awareness and emotional awareness is exceptionally valuable. As I talk about in the podcast emotions as a superpower. So when you don't have emotional awareness or emotional intelligence, what happens is that gives rise to anxiety, depression, sadness, loneliness, anger, resentment, and a host of extremely bad uh, impacts. And this is a complex area. It's not like It's not like it's common knowledge of even how to go through this process, which is why I'm going to give you an example or two. Well, one really good example, I think. Well, I hope it's a good example to kind of really give you the flavor and the terrain of what it looks like when you're doing it. Now, because this is a complicated or complex topic, I'm just giving you the bare bones because I don't know that anybody really cares about adaptive versus maladaptive processing. What you want to know is how to do it and how to do it right, or at least how to how to get on the road. What I think is extremely interesting is that uh, as far as education and emotions go, it is still not mandatory, at least as of 2018, uh, 2018 in social work programs, doctoral programs in psychology, or medical school. So they're not teaching social workers, people who are getting their PhD in psychology or medical school, what I'm covering with you today. Now that's really sad. It's actually shocking. It was shocking to me. 
So if you get to work on this and start to implement this in your life, your emotional intelligence might be higher than people in those categories. All right, so what am I going to cover in today's podcast? Well, what I'm going to cover is just a, a light touching on emotional intelligence. I'm going to talk about the difference in emotional temperaments, the purpose of your emotions, what happens when you don't deal with your emotions or you suppress them. I'm going to give you a reasonably detailed example of what it looks like when I process my emotions. Then I'm going to give you the steps to go through for you to begin to harness emotions as your superpower, a couple takeaways, and a call to action. And I always start my podcast with the shameless plug to visit my website so you can win copies of my book or cool prizes. Now, the next thing is extremely important to me, and that is for you to understand, this is my disclaimer, that I'm not a healthcare professional, a medical professional, or a therapist in any way. And it is absolutely imperative that you get medical advice or therapy advice from a licensed professional, which would not be me. If you are suicidal, I am begging you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you to just stop listening to this podcast and go do it. I'm asking you to tell people. I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to do something, even if it's put it on social media. Just please get in action. There is help available, and so take advantage of that. So an overview of emotional intelligence, and that's really for people who haven't listened to my second podcast on emotions as a superpower because we want to all start on the same page. And that term emotional intelligence or emotional quotient those two terms are interchangeable really kind of took off or started to take off in the 1990s from a book that Daniel Goleman wrote on emotional intelligence and what emotional intelligence or emotional quotient is is it's how smart you are with your emotions most people understand that IQ or intelligence quotient is a measurement of how book smart or intelligent you are. And emotional intelligence or emotional quotient, which is frequently abbreviated EI or EQ, is a measure of how smart you are with your emotions. Now the topic of emotional intelligence is broken down into five areas. So it is a, it's, a, it's a big subject complex. The five components of emotional intelligence are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. So if we look at self-awareness, which is a big place to start, it is the place to start in my opinion, that is how we see ourselves in a true reality not distorted. It means to be awake and aware. It means to, to know our goals, our behaviors, our values, and who we are as individuals. And that's really the springboard or the starting place for dealing with your emotions and harnessing them to be a superpower. Because if you're not self-aware, you're, you're not going to get on the road or, or start. Self-regulation means managing our emotions and controlling unproductive behaviors. It includes self-mastery and self-discipline. So here we see we've got the first part, which is self-awareness. That's critical. And the second part, self-regulation, managing our emotions. So that's the two big areas that this podcast could, could
good impact for you. Now, motivation is going after what we want in life. Well, I have a podcast on motivation, you know, with passion, energy, persistence, and tenacity. Empathy is awareness of how others feel, their needs, and their concerns, which, by the way, will, will hopefully grow and develop as you grow your emotional skills to harness them as a superpower. And the last category or last component of emotional intelligence is social skills, and that's managing relationships and building network networks. Now, I have in a blog post about emotional intelligence and the value some a list of like 29 traits of people who have high emotional intelligence, which I'm not repeating here. So I try not to be redundant or repetitive, although I have it has been suggested that I take some of my podcast material and you know post it up on my blog, and I probably going to do that. But anyway, I do think it's helpful to just cover a short list of signs that you might have low emotional intelligence. So there's amazing, huge benefits of high emotional intelligence. I mean, I'm a super fan of the superpower of your emotions and emotional intelligence. But here are some telltale signs that you might have low emotional intelligence. So just want to listen to this list are like, hmm, does that fit me? Hmm, is that is that me? So you get easily you stress you get stressed easily. You have difficulty asserting yourself. You have a limited emotional vocabulary. You make assumptions quickly and defend them vehemently. You hold grudges. You don't let go of mistakes. You often feel misunderstood. You don't know your triggers. Now, this next one is very fascinating. You don't get angry. Not that you get angry or you're angry all the time. It's the opposite. You don't get angry. You blame other people for how they make you feel, and you're easily offended. So if any of those or multiple ones of those kind of are resonating with you or kind of kind of like, mm, um, then you just really want to say, wow, this is something I could grow and develop. This is something that could really empower me and change my life for the better. So I think I better really pay attention and, or maybe listen to this podcast more than once. All right. So before we begin, I have here difference in emotional temperaments. And I think when we're talking about harnessing your emotions as a superpower, it's really helpful that we create the framework. And one of the frameworks of emotions is that there are different emotional temperaments. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that everybody isn't the same when it comes to their emotions. They're not the same in how they react to things. There, there are just huge differences. So you want to have proper expectations that everybody's not going to react the way you do. Everyone's not going to go through the process the way you do. And interestingly enough, in the research, uh, the research on emotions and emotional intelligence talks about people who have kind of, who are maybe more negative or more easily upset. And that's kind of a temperament, according to the research, where they just tend to either be more negative or tend to be more easily upset. And what the research shows is the people who are tend to be more negative or tend to be more easily upset, that it's frequently or often the case where, where it's more difficult for them to be soothed or to be, you know, get back in a good place after they're upset. 
So if that fits you, this is definitely the place for you to be. This is definitely the skill set to work on because what we know from the research is, is being negative, being on the downside is very bad for your health. It's bad for you in every way. And I have, you know, materials on, you know, negativity that, that might help you. But all, and actually all of my content will help you if you're one of those people who either gets upset easily or you know, tends to be on the negative side of life. But it's really important that you understand that people aren't going to react to you the way you might think they should, or they're going to have a different emotional, you know, response than, than you would have. It's just kind of allowing and having tolerance that this is a, it's different. It's just different for everybody. So I think also what's, so just so you know, like, if, you know, there are different temperaments in terms of emotions and people have different responses. So that's part of the framework. The other thing that's helpful to understand in my opinion in the framework of emotions is what is the purpose of your emotions? I know like we don't really even talk about this stuff. I know I love talking about all the stuff we don't talk about. Why not? Because I only want to talk about the stuff that gives you a happy, empowered and wonderful life and understanding the purpose of your emotions is something I believe besides being in the framework, it's going to be really powerful. So number one, one of the purposes of your emotions is to provide information about your core goals or needs. So emotions provide information about your core goals or needs. The second purpose of your emotions is that they prepare you for action. They prepare you for action. The third purpose of your emotions is that they guide you. They act as a guidance system. And the fourth purpose of your emotions is that they point out areas that need attention, change, or something. So there's the four purposes, or at least four of the purposes of your emotions. I'm sure there might be other purposes, but those are the four key ones. And I think that's really important because we're talking about a subject that as we already heard, 46% of the population is severely lacking in emotional skills. So we're severely lacking, yet apparently emotions serve a really powerful purpose. So what happens when you don't deal with your emotions or you suppress them? I think that's another important piece of the framework to kind of flush out so you really understand. Well, when you don't identify, manage, and process your emotions, they build up. It's like a dam. Emotions that you don't deal with, that means identify, manage, and process, they don't disappear and float away in the air. They actually go, according to the research, into your subconscious or unconscious mind. And when that happens, when you haven't dealt with your emotions and it slides into your subconscious, unconscious mind, that's that's where you don't have access to them and that means that they can resurface later and and kind of explode or they can resurface later and be released uncontrollably and can cause depression and can cause anxiety now i'm not talking here in this podcast about your subconscious unconscious mind although i do talk about that in a little bit 
in a little bit of detail in my podcast on psychology terms every, everyone should know, and I do think they are psychology terms everyone should know, so it would be helpful probably for you to listen to that because you really want to understand your conscious and your unconscious mind. So not dealing with your emotions can cause depression. Not dealing with your emotions can cause a panic attack. Not dealing with your emotions can cause them to resurface later uncontrollably. It's, it's stressful on your mind and it's linked to or causes mental health issues, heart disease, intestinal problems, headaches, insomnia, autoimmune diseases, and a whole lot more. So in other words, not dealing with your emotions is very bad for your physical health. It's bad for your relationships not to deal with your emotions. It's just not good in any way. And quite frankly, once you learn how to do this, learn how to harness your emotions as a superpower and go through the process for yourself, you're going to feel better. And I'm always all about feeling better and being happy. Why? Because I like happiness. I love happiness. I love all the good stuff. I just happen to know how to deal with the bad stuff. All right. So I thought in, in looking at the research and what's available online for people, what would be really helpful and hopefully powerful in this podcast would be to walk you through what it looks like in real time to identify, manage, and process my emotions with a real life example. So I thought about what kind of example I could give. Oh my gosh, there's so many, you know, so I I picked one. So this is me being bold and authentic and vulnerable with you guys. So the example I picked, which is not the first example I picked, but the example I'm, I'm using today is a recent example that's actually in process. So it's, it's a current live happening right now example. And that is uh, my decision to leave a particular social media platform that happened to scam me out of money last year, like not quite a year ago, like, you know, okay, it was $200, but $200 is $200. And quite frankly, I found it shocking and appalling. But, you know, anyway, so, so I made this decision and I want to walk you through the process. So the process is once I was scammed out of uh, my money, I immediately stopped advertising this, my business on the platform. I reported it. And in the process of reporting it and kind of investigating it for myself, because I was quite shocked, I found out, oh, guess what? There's lots of groups on this particular social media platform that have been trying to fix the problem of users being financially socked and fleeced for years. Well, that was shocking to me, too. So that process of being scammed caused me last year to be start to be awake and aware it raised my consciousness and then as as my consciousness was awakened last year by being scammed and i mean knowingly scammed like the social media platform knows that they have advertisers on it that are intentionally scamming people now, this is not accidental this is on purpose it's been reported by thousands and thousands for of people for years or maybe even like hundreds of thousands i don't know the number but anyway so that caused me to start to become more awake and aware to the platform obviously you lose money you got my attention then what i noticed is that 
my some of my connections on the social media platform were engaging in bullying, shaming, and and mean behavior and name calling. And I'm one of these social justice people. I don't I don't tolerate anybody being bullied for any reason. Um, and then I noticed that, you know, in addition, some of the people I was connected with, I know, I don't know if I should admit this, but I am, some of the people I was connected with were publicly stating on the social media platform that they had been gossiping, like not nice gossiping, well, gossiping is usually never nice, but, you know, negatively gossiping, and they're admitting that on this platform. Like, I got to tell you, I have, a, I have a YouTube video about gossiping or, you know, it's just like gossiping is no good. People don't like it. They don't like people who do it. I mean, the only people who gossipers should be around is other gossipers because the rest of us, well, we're going to run like crazy away from you. So here are people I know who are publicly on a social media platform admitting to gossiping. Okay, I will tell you it was, they were gossiping about me in a very nasty way. And... And it was, you know, it was like, wow, you know, so that speaks, by the way, doesn't say anything about me if they're saying bad things about me. I mean, if I've done something bad, yes, but I haven't done anything bad. Like, I know how to keep my integrity in check, and I know I'm a good person, and I know what I'm up to. But what it speaks to is their lack of self-awareness. Because everybody pretty much knows gossiping isn't any good. And if you're going to do something that's not good and you're going to put it out there for everybody to know, that tells you, or at least it tells me, they have such low emotional intelligence and so little, they're so unaware that they're not even aware of, of the, you know, awfulness of it. So I noticed all these things and... You know, and by the way, you just never look good if you gossip. And to admit it publicly, that just makes you look even worse. So I'm a social justice person. That's just who I've always been. I don't care if our values are mismatched. If you're being shamed or bullied or, you know, there's some injustice for you or for your group or for whomever, I'm in. I'm in because that's just wrong. It's just wrong. So I'm a social justice person, and that's always who I've been. And I'm also somebody where I value my integrity. Like, I'm really, like, a little fanatical about my integrity, to be honest, I, because it's important to me, because I think ma integrity is magical, by the way. I think integrity is so magical that it's just, like, amazing. And I do have some material about that, Um not on podcasts. I mean, I do mention it in some podcasts, but, you know, I have some material, so a video or two and a blog post about, you know, the magic of integrity. So these are things running in the background. So eventually then I made this decision to leave the social media platform. I'm giving you, I've given you the background of things that were kind of brewing in with my emotions. And I'm going to take a little sidebar note here and say, listen, people, I'm a fan of social media if you use it in what I would consider the best way possible. And this, and I have a YouTube video about this, but the best way possible is you use social media for purposes that are going to forward your life. For example, 
meeting people, connecting with people, and then bringing them into your real life. That's a huge benefit that I am the recipient of. Like I connect with people and then I bring them into my real life where I actually see them and I talk to them and they become real entities. So as I go through this process, um, I made this decision to leave the social media pl platform and then I started to really contemplate as I'm going through my emotions. I'm like, hmm, what have I used this platform for? Well, obviously I knew I used it to meet people and connect with people and bring them into my life. But on the other side, this particular social media platform was kind of like a little big, a big baby pacifier. <laughs> I know I hate to say that, but I was laughing when I thought of it because it's kind of true. Like, you know, when I was bored or I was procrastinating or I, you you know, there are just so many things, better things I could have done with my time. Granted, I already said I got benefits. I met real people or I connected with people, made friends with people and then brought them into my real life. So that's kind of some of the processing, you know, that was going on, uh, on that piece. And then there's the emotions. So one, I'm just going to go through the emotions, not in particular order, but you know, so one of the emotions that came up was, um, courage and bravery. Like, would I have the courage and bravery to leave a platform that I'd been on for quite a long time? Like, would I have that courage and bravery? And then one of the other big ones was FOMO. You guys know what that means. That's the fear of missing out. Like, what would I miss if I left? Like, I know I'm laughing, but these are the things that kind of went through my my emotions is the fear of missing out. Then there was some sadness, you know, because you know, it was kind of sad to recognize that I had been a user of, of this platform for so long without really being awake and aware to the level of, of contempt that they must have for their users to, to knowingly allow for, for years, I don't know how many years, that their users are being financially, you know, scammed. And, and allowing it to perpetuate and go on. Like, that was really sad to me that I was not aware of that, not awake to it, and and that I had, you know, used a platform that was kind of so low in my opinion. And then, you know, censoring free speech, that's anti-American. And when you lose free speech, what have you got left? I don't think you've got anything left. So, you know, there was some sadness, some real deep sadness. Then there was apprehension, like, could I do it? And would I have the nerve and just kind of being unsure and a little unsteady about what my life would look like without it because I was accustomed to it. It was my little big pacifier. And then other emotions that arose in this process is happiness, like what I eventually, so I'm going through all these emotions are showing up and I'm recognizing them and I'm identifying them and pinpointing them and associating them. Like what's the sadness? Well, the sadness also was about, I would, I would miss some people and keeping up with them, but you know, I'm never going to keep up with, you know, five, six, 800 people in my real life. So anyway, so it was happiness. So the happiness was my recognition that I would go back to life before where I was actually seeing and talking to real people instead of this, this other, you know, 
not real and excitement. So those are some of the emotions. You can see it's kind of all over the board. And I mean, I will admit I was very angry and I'm still angry to understand that a platform or a business could be so boldly, you know, middle finger up in the air to their users to not stop theft and fraud. But, you know, anyway, so those are kind of the emotions. So I'm a big fan of getting complete. Now, getting complete is not something, it's not a terminology that most people are familiar with. I did talk about it in my Thrive in 2021, Not Just Survive podcast, which was um, like the December 31st, I think. And I'm a fan of getting complete with people, events, situations, like completion is powerful. So I applied getting complete with the social media platform. And I'm going to walk you through what that looks like because <laughs> I'm telling you it is powerful. So I, I do everything that I tell you to do because I don't believe in, you know, anything other than being real and authentic. So I do this stuff. So I made it. So to get complete with leaving the social media platform, I made a list of the joys and benefits that I had received from participating on the platform. The second list I made is what I wouldn't miss from the platform. Like, for example, as you can imagine, allowing people to be defrauded of money, censorship, the privacy issues, and whatever else. The third list I made is what I could acknowledge my social media connections on that platform for. Like, what are the benefits I received from being connected with them? So those were things like love, support, prayers, encouragement, advice, etc. So there were lots of things I could acknowledge my social media connections for, which I, I made a list of, and I actually uh, posted that on the platform. And the last list I made in getting complete with leaving this platform was what could I do instead of being on that platform? Oh, that was a very interesting exercise because guess what? I came up with 25 things I could do instead of being on that platform. And guess what? Those 25 things would really forward my life significantly more than spending time on the platform. So once I got complete with making the list and, and you know, go, going through the completion process, what I noticed emotionally was that my emotions of happiness and excitement about leaving the platform had increased dramatically. So I was clear about what I would miss. I was clear about the benefits I received. And I was very clear about what I could be doing instead of that. And so my sadness or my, and my FOMO, fear missing out, were like going way, way, way down. So I got excited enough to make a little countdown. I know I'm a fan of countdowns or count-ups. Uh, in life. I've, I've done it before, although the longest countdown I ever did was 218 days. And that was to graduate from college. So it tells you I was past ready. Anyway, so I made a little countdown to D-Day, D-Day being delete day. I started getting my contacts, you know, like information from people I wanted to stay in touch with. I still have to download my pictures. And by the way, D-Day is Sunday. So I've got, you know, this is we're on day three to the countdown of D-Day. And I'm still actually letting people know that I'm leaving the platform. So the emotions have been all over the board. You know, my process has been all over, 
over the board. And as I've been processing the emotions with this, this is one of the things that I realized in, in this whole process. And I'm still going through the process because D-Day hasn't hit that Sunday. And then there's going to be, you know, days and weeks afterward where the emotions will still be kind of swirling around. But this, this is my recent realization or insight, which is that this decision was based on my core values. So my core values that fuel and support this decision are number one, integrity. Number two, principles. Free speech is important to me. It's important to me for everyone to have free speech. And the third uh, core value is not associating myself with companies that do bad things or allow bad things to happen. Why would I do that? I don't do that on purpose. I just didn't know until last year what was going on. The fourth principle is morality. Because I believe when you lose free speech, you've lost pretty much everything. I mean, I just think there's nothing left if you don't have free speech. And the next core value is my commitment to goodness in the world. And my commitment to goodness in the world and goodness in people means I don't associate with people or companies or anything that does bad. Like, I just don't. So the decision supports my core values, which is really good for me. Why? Well, in the psychology terms, everyone should know I talk about this concept called, called um, cognitive dissonance. And uh, without getting into it, having decisions that line up with your core values are good for your psyche. They're just very good for your psyche. Will I regret it? Well, I haven't left yet, but I'm, I'm leaving on Sunday. It's possible, but I think it's very unlikely. Why? Well, because I'm excited about having real people in my life. I'm excited about real relationships. I'm excited about not wasting so much time or energy with people that aren't real or, or aren't in my life, which brings me to my next point, which is real versus shallow or superficial relationships. Because this, and this came up in this whole process of me, you know, being awake and aware to my emotions, making a decision, understanding what's driving the decision and all of the things that I've just covered. But this led me, this whole process led me to really uh, come to terms with the fact that, you know, let's face it, the majority of my connections on the platform are superficial and shallow. And I'm not, you know, somebody who, you know, buys into shallow or superficial. You know, I'm a fan of authentic and real. And quite frankly, you know, I didn't know until the spring of 2020 that people actually looked at how many people liked your post or that the different emojis that they could leave with a post. Like, I never did that, so it didn't occur to me that people did that. And then two people in the space of a couple of days pointed out that somebody had left an angry face to one of my posts, which was a very happy post, by the way. And and I was and so two people got in touch with me about like why 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 the angry face about something you know nice. And I'm like, oh well, what's the angry face? 
<laughs> and they explain it to me. And I'm like, oh, somebody left an angry face? And they're like, don't you look at your own posts? I'm like, no. Like, they're like, you don't look at your own emojis or who likes it? Or no, 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 never did that. I didn't even know people did that. So, you know, I'm a fan of authentic and real and, you know, being connected with people who, you know, it's just so superficial. Like, I don't think I'm going to miss that. But so talking about the process of identifying, managing, and processing your emotions, that should hopefully leave you to a place of peace and peace and contentment. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that there won't be any residual feelings of sadness or something else. I mean, quite frankly, I do find it sad that a company, you know, doesn't care about their users being defrauded. I mean, financially defrauded. I, I, that's sad to me. That's really sad. Um, and so what I want you to understand before, because the next thing I'm going to go through when I'm done with this section is to give you steps, one through whatever. But I think it's really important in the framework of emotions for you to understand that there could be some lingering sadness or there could be some lingering, you know, whatever, other emotions. But they don't have to be pervasive and rule your life. So I think what would be helpful would be to give an example of that because there are tons of things that I have what I would call residual or lingering sadness about, you know, in my life. Some of it's in my life. Some of it's just things that are going on in the world. But um, some time ago, I lost an amazing and very special friend, um, completely unrelated to the social media platform. This is a different different example, but I think it might be helpful. So, um, so I had this amazing and very special friend. It was sad because... Um, I mean, it was sad because I lost a friend, but it was also sad because I didn't know what happened or why it happened or anything. So there was, there was, and still some lingering sadness or missing them, but then there's the upshot or the upside. And I'm one of those people always looking for the positive, you know, and the positive was that they healed me and they taught me things. I mean, it was really quite amazing. And so my overriding feeling is, is gratitude and love in spite of, this sadness and missing them. This is what I call, by the way, using emotional pain to your advantage. I'm a huge fan of that. I have a whole podcast about using emotional pain to your advantage. What else are you going to do with emotional pain? Well, why not use it to your advantage? So, and I also happen to have, which I'm a fan of, empowering attitudes and beliefs. So, you know, my, some of my empowering attitudes and beliefs in this example would be that I believe that for whatever reason it was meant to go the way it went and you know like God has a plan for all of us so whatever the plan is or whatever the plan was or whatever why you know who knows that it was part of the plan and because I'm grateful I'm left in a state of, of gratitude and really deep appreciation you know, that's the predominant feelings. And yes, there's some lingering sadness and, you know, I miss them, but that's the way it is. So my point is that even when you kind of go through the process of processing your emotions, there may be some lingering, you know, sadness or other emotions and you want to have an allowance for that. You know, it's not like when you're done processing your emotions, like poof, they're gone 
sometimes there are things that linger and you want to have that allowance for that. But here's the other point from this example. You know, you don't want to have your life ruled by sadness or loneliness or, you know, anger or any of the negative emotions because you can have them and still function. You can have, you know, sadness or anger or any of the negative emotions and still have a, an empowered you know, happy and productive life. I mean, let me tell you, I was really shocked and very furious that a social media company would knowingly allow their customers to be defrauded of money. I just was really furious about that. I'm still furious about that. And it was shocking to me. So, but that didn't stop me from using the platform because still waking up, I was still getting hip and away, awake and aware. Um, but you can have sadness or anger or negative emotions and they don't have to be pervasive. They don't have to rule your life and they don't have to take you out of the game. The power in harnessing your emotions as the superpower that they can be is to be able to have what I call residual or lingering emotions that are not controlling you. So, and a part of the reason that I'm skilled in this, by the way, <laughs> is because I've had lots of, you know, painful things happen. I'm laughing, but of course it's not funny, but you're either laughing or crying and I like to laugh. So I'm laughing about it, but it's not funny. Um, but what have I learned? I've learned the skill set of how to be happy, healthy, empowered, and well-loved even when life is tough and very difficult. And, and besides the other reasons I gave you for learning how to go through this process and, and, and apply this process to your life is it's the access to love. And if you never heard my first podcast, it's Be Well Loved. I hope everybody who subscribes to my podcast, and by the way, just subscribe because I'm just going to keep coming out with them, you know, is that you're going to be well-loved. Now, if you're already well-loved, I am happy. That makes me ecstatic. But most people aren't well-loved. So dealing with your emotions, learning how to do this process is going to help you be well-loved. It's the access to love. It's access to happiness. It's the access to all the good stuff, power, control, satisfaction, freedom, health, wellness, and so much more. So now I'm going to walk you through simplified steps. I already spent quite a bit of time going through some examples or one big example and a smaller example of like the process, what it looks like in real time, in, in real life. So now I'm just going to give you the steps. So number one, you need to grow your emotional vocabulary. Now this is a must. This is an optional. The way you grow your emotional vocabulary, which by the way, uh, according to the research, only 36% of people can pinpoint their feelings accurately. Well, why? Because we don't teach this. Why? Because this isn't a skill set that people have. So what I'm asking you to do, I have a short YouTube video about this, but go online and print out what's called an emotional vocabulary word sheet. Yes, I mean, I know I'm such a pain in the neck. No, go print one out and it's going to have the feeling words across the top by category and it's going to have categories of high intensity, medium intensity, and low intensity. And um, you're going to begin to grow your emotional word vocabulary because we live in a world given by language and language is important 
And when you grow your emotional vocabulary, it's going to change things and it's going to be extremely powerful in helping you deal with your emotions, which I'm going to cover an example of that in a second. So the first thing is it's time to grow your emotional vocabulary. That's step one. Step two is you become awake and aware and notice your feelings because we kind of walk around in life sometimes a little numb. We're not awake and aware. So we just, you know, we're not aware. We're not aware and awake, awake and aware to lots of things. So you want to start to grow your emotional intelligence to harness your emotions as a superpower. And part of that is noticing. So you're just going to start noticing your feelings, noticing your feelings and paying attention. That might not seem like a step, but I'm telling you, it is a step because people who do not have high emotional intelligence sometimes walk around acting angry and then someone calls them out on and they say, well, it seems like you're a little mad. Oh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. What are you talking about? You know, Notice your feelings. Become awake and aware of them. The third step is to actually identify your feelings. And my suggestion, well, if you were, if I was coaching you, this wouldn't be a suggestion. This would be an absolute, but would be to use three emotional vocabulary words for any one situation. Now, so you're going to ask yourself, how are you feeling? Or you're going to notice, oh, I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling whatever. And you're then going to look at your emotional word vocabulary sheet. Yes, I know. Well, listen, I did this years ago with my kids and that we all had the vocabulary sheets and for any situation, happy, sad, angry, upset, whatever, um, they would have to pick three words from, look at the vocabulary word sheet and pick out three words. Now I will tell you that, you know, most people in society, if, you, if they're talking about their emotions, they'll just say, well, I'm just upset or I'm just angry or I'm just sad. But there's a whole breadth of different meanings for the word upset, for the word angry, for the word happy. So my suggestion is that you pick three words. So I want to give you the flavor of this in real life by coming by covering some different emotions and the three and, th and use a word for each of the different intensities. So I'm going to say, I'm going to start out with anger. Then I'm going to go to fear, loneliness, etc. And I'm going to say three words. And the first word is the highest intensity. The second word is the medium intensity. And the last word is the, the low or the lower lowest intensity. And what you, I want you to do while I'm doing this is listen to this and notice what a difference there is in the three words. So I want to start with anger. So anger equals enraged, indignant, dismayed. So you can see there's a big difference between enraged and dismayed. Now fear, horrified, nervous, cautious. So Horrified, nervous, and cautious all fall under the category of fear, but they're very different. Loneliness, isolated, alone, withdrawn. Inadequate, damaged, helpless, weak. Hurt, destroyed, wounded, unhappy. Now, I think you can see there's a huge difference between being destroyed, if you're hurt, there's a big difference be between being destroyed and unhappy. 
they're obviously different intensities, but they don't have the same meaning. So I did anger before, but I'm going to do anger again because anger is one of the skill sets we really need to work on as a society, anger and sadness. And I have a whole podcast about anger. But here's uh, three more for anger. Vindictive, spiteful, and irked. What a difference. Happiness. Euphoric, happy, pleased. And by the way, I strongly advocate you do this for all of your emotions, not just the angry, sad, hurt, confused. Do the good emotions too. So here, so I just did happiness. Here's caring. Crazy about, fond of, interested in. So you're going to keep, if you're going to follow, if you're going to follow along the program here, you're going to keep doing this. And as you keep doing this, and by the way, oh my gosh, if you have children, please, I implore you, I beg you, do this with your children, even if they're teenagers. Now, my children weren't really happy. <laughs> I know, I'm such a, such a, no, no, no. Well, we'll leave it. We'll leave that there. Um, but I did do this with all three of my children for quite a long time. And um, they did it. They were compliant, not happy, not happily compliant. But they did it. And then I remember as they got older, one day one of the kids said, so, where did this three, picking three vocab, emotional vocabulary words come from? Was three arbitrary? Did you just pick three? Or is there some science behind the number three? <laughs> and I just laughed. I said, no, it's arbitrary. I just picked, I just picked three because I thought it was a good number. And I do think it's a good number. But, you know, you can do it however you want. So, you're going to keep doing this until, A, your emotional vocabulary grows and it grows from just being upset or just being sad or just being hurt to, to the different intensities. So you're going to keep doing it. Now, what I want to make clear about this is that you can have mixed emotions in one event. So as I did this with my children, I mean, I'm really begging you if you have children or nieces or nephews or any, any type of young people, do it with them. It's going to make an incredible difference. It's a really powerful. We should be doing this with, you know, children in elementary school at the, at the first grade. So you kind of have mixed emotions about one event or situation. And as I worked with my children on this, that became very, very clear because it's not always just, oh, I'm angry or I'm just upset. So for example, because I do like to give examples because I think they're helpful. Uh, when I got a puppy about five, a little over five years ago, I was very, very happy and very excited. <coughs> Excuse me. So there's two emotions, happy and excited. Very excited. And at the same time, one of my other emotions was that I was nervous. I was a little nervous and apprehensive because I hadn't had a dog for a very, very long time. So I was a little bit nervous. So, you know, if you break it down, I was probably 95% happy and excited and I'm probably about like 5% nervous or, or apprehensive. So when you look at your emotions, oftentimes, you know, they're not all one flavor. So going back to my leaving the social media platform, you know, you heard me talk about, you know, sadness and also excitement. So it's not all necessarily going to be one, you know, fall under one category or one word feeling and get a partner or a buddy or a partner in crime or somebody to work with on this and make it fun. Now I've done this with people for my whole life because I just believe in fun. So the next step 
is to feel your feelings. Now, this is definitely not going to, I don't know how it's going to sound, but if you're not used to this whole process, it's going to feel very awkward. You might think it's ridiculous. You might think it's stupid. But nonetheless, this is part of it, to feel your feelings. So, you know, whether it's confronting or uncomfortable, it's definitely probably going to feel unnatural if you're new to this. You know, because people don't like feeling sad. They don't like feeling lonely. They don't like grieving a loss or being angry. But the thing about emotions, if you don't allow them, if you don't feel them, you know, if you don't just let them you know, just be with them, sit with them, allow it, you know, stand for it. You know, they have a way of not leaving. So, you know, you really want to feel them. And I know feeling angry or feeling sad or lonely or what have you doesn't feel good. But that the more you can allow it, the easier it will be for those feelings to just be dealt with and process to move on. Now, another part of feel your feelings, and this is definitely probably going to sound like strange or outer space, but where do you feel the feelings in your body? Now, I remember the first time somebody asked me that, it was probably 2005, and I was, we were out at, at, a, at a meal, and I was just like, what? Like, where do I feel it in my body? Like, we had just discussed that I was angry, because it was part of the time uh, that I had realized that I had no anger skills and blah, 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 and something happened and it made me angry. And, uh, or they actually brought something up that should have made me angry. And, you know, they were like, where do you feel it in your body? And I was kind of like, what? Where do I feel it in my body? What are you talking about? Like, I was looking at them like they were an alien or some, you know, somebody really out there. And then, you know, I paused and I was like, oh, like I can feel in my chest, like there's a weight on my chest. So you want to start to not only feel your emotions, but you want to notice, you know, how it feels and where, where the feelings are in your body. To give you another example, when I was going through really, really nasty betrayal and bad, 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 bad stuff a number of years ago. Um, and my jaw, my tooth was hurting. I thought I was going to have to have a root canal or have it extracted. And, you know, it was like, it felt like, you know, I remember stopping thinking, hmm, you know, what does this feel like? And it felt like I'd been kicked in the face. Like that was the feeling. Of course, my tooth was throbbing. throbbing so, you know, but you want to stop. You want to allow yourself to feel what there is to feel. And that's particularly important, um, not only for anger, but for sadness or grieving a loss. It's just really helpful to feel it and to allow it. Now, I don't mean, you know, like I already covered, you know, you can be sad about something and it doesn't have to ruin your day or be pervasive. I mean, I am, I am tragically heartbroken about the suicide rate of young people in our country and the world. And I, I just, it just just breaks my heart. It just pulls at my heart. It's this just, I'm, I'm, I'm taken by that, but it doesn't ruin my life and it doesn't ruin my day. It's there quietly in the background. So the, the fourth step is feel your feelings. Now the fifth step, which I think I covered in pretty good detail is to process your emotions. So you're going to thoughtfully and introspectively allow yourself to uh, go through the emotional process 
and deal with your emotions. Now, I happen to be somebody who's a slow emotional processor. So what does that mean? <coughs> Excuse me. That means it takes me <coughs> a pretty long time to process my emotions. I mean, that's just the way it is for me. I, can't, I, I, I don't even know. Actually, I have discussed this with a number of people who who can incur their slow processors, but it doesn't really matter whether you're fast or slow or medium. You know, that doesn't matter. What matters is you get through the process. Now, for people who are new and this is not their skill set, and I already mentioned it's going to feel awkward, unnatural, you really might have notice your judgments about it or any condemnation of it. But what can help you is journaling or writing out your feelings and your thoughts about what happened and your emotions. The other thing that can be very helpful when you're getting on this process of learning and growing new skills is to talk to a trusted friend or confidant that can provide, you know, helpful insights or clarifications. Because sometimes when you're processing emotions, you know, what comes up is you're upset is a mismatch for the situation. And when that happens, sometimes it's because there's something else going on. So talking to someone can really be helpful. Now, for beginners, sometimes what's helpful is to, to have some questions to answer because that can be helpful when you're sorting things out. So here's a few uh, questions that you can ask yourself that might help you sort out your emotions, you know, start to process and, and make sense of it. So number one, are my needs being met? Number two, are my goals being met? Remember earlier I said one of the purposes of emotions was to, you know, help you with your goals and um, attaining your goals. So are your goals being met or your needs being met? Is there a lack of something, like a lack of communication, a lack of respect, lack of support? I mean, there's all kinds of things that could be lacking, but is something lacking? The next question is, what is causing me to feel this way? Sometimes people don't know why they're feeling the way they're feeling. They just don't know. And that's okay. You want to have anything related to your feelings, you know, be, you don't want to judge your feelings as you know, wrong or bad. Now, if you're having bad thoughts about doing evil or bad things, you want to get some therapy. But, you know, you want to ask your, your the question, what is causing me to feel this way? And you might not know. That's why talking to someone or journaling can be really helpful. Are you judging yourself for having these feelings? So one of the to topics I cover in the psychology terms everyone should know is called projecting. And that happens frequently in life and in the world, and that's why it's really helpful to understand that, because sometimes people will project the feelings that they can't actually deal with themselves, so they put it on other people. So are you judging yourself for having the feelings that you have? Have your val values or boundaries been compromised, violated, ignored, or otherwise you know, impacted? Are you angry with yourself? Or do you need to forgive yourself? 
I know. I know. I've been angry at myself for lots of things and I've had to forgive myself for lots of things too. You know, another question is, am I thinking clearly about this? And this is again where someone else who could be a sounding board, now I'm talking about good people, no bad people, you know, can be a sounding board. Now the, the issue is if you have someone in your life who's a sounding board and they're an emotional reasoner, you don't want to be using them as a sounding board because they're not, that's not rational. That's called a cognitive distortion. So if you're looking for clarity, you know, you want to go to people who are emotionally healthy and well to have a reasonable response because if someone has mental health issues like emotional reasoning, there's lots of different things I've covered in the um, psychology terms people should know. They're not be able to, going to be able to give you you know, a really good response and help you decide, you know, are you thinking clearly? Another question to ask is, would most people feel the same way or have the same intensity? Now, it's fine if most people wouldn't feel that way or wouldn't have the same intensity. That doesn't mean, you know, that's good or bad. It's just one of those questions to ask because you want to be considering, is your upset or are your emotions more intense because there's actually something else going on. Like you could be reminded of something from your childhood, which you, you're not aware of, and that might be why your feelings are more intense. Or it could be because you have not had a history of dealing with your emotions, that you have that kind of dam reservoir built up so your emotions might be more intensified because you haven't been dealing with them. So asking, you know, yourself some of these questions will be helpful. And including the question, am I more upset than the situation merits? Because if you're more upset than the situation merits, then there's probably emotions that haven't been dealt with, you know, whether it's from the past or there's actually something else going on than what's current. You know, I mean, I think and a good example of that is road rage. You know, when people get into road rage, there's clearly either they have anger issues or rage issues, or they're really upset about something else. And it's just coming out on the form of road rage. At least that's my opinion. So another question to ask yourself is what role, if any, do I have in the situation? Well, I am a fan of taking personal responsibility. So that's not a bad question to ask. But so that gives you some, some territory to, to help you start to, you know, drill down and dive into, you know, managing and processing your emotions. So, um, if you go through some or all those questions, then hopefully, you know, your emotions and the situation are going to start to make sense to you. So the important thing to me, another important thing to me, while you're processing your emotions is that you don't unwittingly or unknowingly make decisions about yourself or about other people or about life or about your future <clears throat> without knowing that. And that happens all the time. I've done it. Everybody, everybody pretty much does it. But this is the power of being awake and aware of emotional intelligence and harnessing your emotions as the superpower that they are is that once you're hip to that, you're awake and aware to that, you're less likely to do it. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do it ever again, but 
And, and to give you an example of this, like, oh, you had a bad breakup or a bad, or a bad marriage that ended or, you know, left a company that didn't treat you well or something. And oh, like, oh, I'll never date again or, or I'll never um, be with, you know, another partner or, or I'll never, you know, work again or I'll never work for this company. You know, like, it's very easy that you can slip into that, which, by the way, is how that... That friend of mine that I lost, you know, gave me a great healing. I didn't even know I needed healing on. Like sometimes you don't even know things have gone on in your subconscious until, you know, you're healed from them or until they come up in processing your emotions. Now, while you're processing your emotions, it's extremely valuable, in my opinion, to use a stopgap measure to give yourself the time and the space to process your emotions. Now, the stopgap measure that I use, I call flipping the switch on your emotions. I don't know what anybody else would call it, but that's what I call it. And what I mean by that is you're going to take an intentional action. It's like turning on and off a light. I actually have a YouTube video on this, and I do turn on and off a light in the video. But basically you're going to take an intentional action that you have picked to help yourself feel better. And that allows your mind to be distracted. You're, you know, going for a walk or you're, you know, doing some, some other project. You're engaged in an activity that takes your mind off of the emotional upset or the anger or what have you. So your mind can kind of take a break and, and in the background start to process. There's many things you can do that would fall under the actions or the intentional actions to flip the switch. You have to figure out for yourself what those actions are. Mine are going to be different from yours, but it's a very, very effective technique to A, get you out of a bad spot, an unhappy spot, a stuck spot, or just, you know, negative emotion spot into something more productive, something that feels better. But what it also does is it gives your emotions and your mind a little break and, and they can start to process. So that's, you know, what I highly recommend. So that's processing your emotions. Now, the next thing is to allow time. I know I already said I'm a slow processor. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there are some of you out there that are quick processors. Well, woohoo, I'd be very happy for you, but I'm, I'm not one of them. So, you know, how long will it take? Well, it depends. Like, I don't know how long it takes. No one will know. Everyone's different. But you have to stick with it. And if you're not getting through it, then ask for help. Like people will ask for help, but people will help you if they, if they don't help you, ask somebody else. And if they won't help you, ask somebody else, keep going, uh, or go research. And I'm a big fan of research. I research everything. And, and my friends and I mock me about that. I know, I know, but it's, I think it's helpful. So under this allow time, I highly suggest that you make this enjoyable. Like, don't suffer over this. I'm not a fan of suffering. You know, you can have hardship, but suffering's optional. So if you're suffering with your emotions or your emotional pain, number one, you could go back and listen to my Using Emotional Pain to Your Advantage podcast because that will help you feel a little better. At least in my opinion, it helps me feel better. I mean, you know, 
I'm, I'm grateful and happy and, and healed and learned a whole bunch of stuff from somebody that's not in my life, but I'm really grateful about that and I'm really happy. So journal, do something to flip the switch. Just don't suffer about this. I mean, you can suffer about it. If you want to suffer about it, then go suffer about it, but it's not, it's not necessary. So here are some takeaways from this podcast. Learning how to use your emotions is by far one of the most important things you could ever do in your life. Now, I didn't cover in this podcast, you know, that you'll make more money, you'll have more jobs. I didn't cover all the benefits of high emotional intelligence, which you can listen to in Emotions as Your Superpower podcast. But this is by far and away one of the most important things you could ever do in your life other than being well loved and by the way this will help you be well loved so number one it's just one of the most important things you could ever do and if you're a parent I beg you do the emotional vocabulary word sheet with your children and help them learn this process number two everyone can learn how to do this every single person can learn how to do this and actually have your emotions as a superpower you can it's a choice and number three just understand it's going to probably feel awkward, uncomfortable, unnatural, weird, whatever. I mean, listen, I said in the anger podcast that it was like 2006 when I realized I had zero anger skills. I mean, like zero. I didn't, I couldn't even recognize when I was angry or when it was appropriate to be angry. It was so like suppressed. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like this is a whole new land to explore. And oh, I'm going to learn this and you know, all the things like, you know, it's going to feel awkward, but it doesn't have to be bad. Don't have this stuff be bad. Have it be fun. So here's my call to action. It's time to learn new vocabulary words. Why not? Listen, you can make it fun. And it's time to start being awake and aware to manage, identify, manage, and process your emotions to harness your superpower. My next call to action is please take people with you on the ride. It's going to be very good for them. And if they're friends, it's going to be good for you. Now, if you need to make more friends, I have information about that. But take somebody with you. And lastly, we have more people suffering in the world than we've had in a very, very long time. So I'm, I'm asking you sweetly, nicely, and strongly to share this podcast with people to help them. Okay, take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 23, Emotional Intelligence, Harnessing Your Superpower. I hope that you're really going to take on growing your emotional skills because I promise you, you will never regret it. Please feel free to connect with me at my website at www. LisaALundy.com where you can enter my giveaway for copies of my book or cool prizes and connect with me. I want you to know that I love you, I appreciate you, and I want you to have a happy and great life. Love you. Bye for now.